Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. We've always thought that the most compelling story strikes the perfect balance between an honest look at the mess of life and the humor that can be found in the mess. To be perfectly honest, we don't really know how to live life without both the humor and the authenticity. Our podcast might be a little bit of whiplash at times. We can spin from hard and deep to humor and laughing on a dime. The hard will be really hard and the truths we share are the ugliest of humanity. We don't intend to make it seem like it's all fine or to pretty up the pain, but we also know that the joy we found is all the more profound because of the pain. So we hope you can stick with us through the ugly because there will also be joy and hope and humor. Welcome to the ugly truth about the girl next door. (laughs) Welcome back to our podcast, the ugly truth about the girl next door. Um, yeah. I, we're starting this episode today with a lot of fire, a lot of, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of fire. Feisty. Yep. We talked about the kind of that black cloud that feels like sometimes it's over us right now. And, uh, man, it is black. It is really black and dark and it's been a day. So, um, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a lot of the things, right? A lot of the things this week, but it's okay. We're here. We're pressing on. We're, we're. Continuing. Don't you love that phrase pressing, pressing on? on? No, I actually Blech. hate it. I, it makes I me can tell as soon as you said it. I know. I said it like sarcastically, which doesn't sound like me at all, but uh, um wish she said sarcastically. Right. <laughs> Sarcasm is my love language. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um okay, so yeah, so we're saying this so like <clears throat> like listen to the tone in our voice. So yeah. like, yeah, so we're here. So we are talking today about escape attempt number one number one or all of them no i think no, we're just, just gonna talk about one. number one right okay. the, mo- the first like official major, major like try to tell somebody yeah absolutely right um so i guess the backs the ba- you know the background on this is that the things that led up to um attempting to escape and attempting to tell someone um things were getting really bad and really intense not that they weren't always intense, but it was a particularly intense time. How old were you at this point that we're talking about? I was no. in seventh grade. I don't so math. So 12, 13-ish. Yeah. Um, and that so was- So this had been going on since six-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're talking about a lot of years. Yep. And progressing as Kate got older. Yep. To more and more dark things. Yes. Yep worst things could happen. I was older, I was bigger, physically bigger. And so I could, um, withstand more, uh, yuck. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. You had to say that. Um, but so it was getting really, it, it was already bad and it was just, it was really, really bad. Things were bad. Um, and I decided that I didn't want to be here anymore. Like what was even the point? I was, I, kind of crossed that threshold of being old enough to understand, you know, wanting to kill myself, wanting to die. I did want to die. I definitely did not want to be here anymore. And I attempted it. I attempted to commit suicide, um, unsuccessfully, obviously. Um, how, Mm. you don't have to say, (laughs) yeah, uh, that's a, that's a tough one, but Okay. So, right. It might, that might be triggery anyway. So we'll leave that part off. But so I only ask how, because it's sort of relevant to the story yeah. only in the sense that. Yeah. Um, 
I, yeah, that's fine. I, um, I tried to hang myself and, um, completely unsuccessful. I was 12 years old and really <laughs> didn't know how to do that. Um, but didn't work. And, um, so then I had to go to school with, you know, marks, um, from that. And I also, at the same time was like, I failed, but I'm going to do it again. Like I'm going to try again. Cause this is, it's not like, oh, I failed and I actually want to live. I still didn't want to live. I, it, to be clear, it was not like, you know, I think some people who attempt suicide then afterwards think like, thank goodness I survived because I didn't really want that. That was not the situation. It was like, I can't believe I survived. I'm so pissed off that I did. Um, and I just, so now what, now what do I do? Right. Um, because it was still not good. And PS, a suicide attempt when your body is being sold for things, um, not a good look. So I was also in trouble for attempting suicide because can't do that, you know, can't, can't do it that way. So, um, that was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> that is the truth that we are here to tell Kate. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do it again. So I had these this these marks from that, and I also wrote a note to one of my friends at school saying that I wanted to kill myself. And of course, because I was not the best note passer in school, shocker, I know you're shocked by that. Shocked. Um, a teacher inter- intercepted it um, and took it away from me, which is always like, "Are you kidding me? Please don't read that. Just throw it out. That's fine. You don't want me to pass notes in school, but just throw it out. Like you don't need to be weird and read it. You know." But, of course, they did. And um, the note then was taken to um, the – so the person's role at the time was somewhere along the lines of vice principal. I don't know that that's what she was called because it was a private school and they call people weird things. But (laughs) – sorry. I don't know. Because there's not like a principal. There's like a head of school, you know. So, like, I'm not exactly sure what her role was. But it was essentially the equivalent of a vice principal at the time. And – also, because it was a private school, she was also my math teacher. <laughs> so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the note was taken to this teacher. Um, she had already noticed, you know, the things that were not right, the marks that were on my neck. And now this note was saying that I was going to kill myself again or try to again. And um, so she asked. She asked what was going on. She, you know, I did believe get in trouble for writing the note. Um I had to deal with that, you know, in the dark world as well because I was then outed (laughs) for writing the note and that was not good. Um, But then at school, you know, she was curious as to why I would say something like that and why, what was going on? What, what, what was these, what was these bruises? What was going on with me? Um, It took some time um, and I started to kind of open up to her. I started to kind of share about what was going on and Again, same with everything else, you know, share little, little bits and pieces, little puzzle pieces, little like, well, this and then maybe this one time, you know, Um, and ultimately I did tell her, you know, as much of it as I could verbalize, right? Again, I was 12 years old, seventh grade, crazy, crazy awkward. (laughs) Um, But as much as I was able to verbalize, I did tell her, which was not a lot, um, so can I ask, because part of what we're trying to help people do is understand how they can respond that makes it more possible for people to tell, what was it about this person that had you continuing <clears throat> to walk out this road where you eventually told her something? 
Um, she was consistent, like she and she was persistent. So she kept asking, and she was there. She was warm, and she seemed like she cared. Um, you know, she was sort of this maternal person who really kind of seemed like she cared. She really, and I think she did on some level. I think she definitely really um, wanted to know what was going on. And um, so, yeah. She, so, right. So that helps us to understand that asking once and being, you know, given a like vague answer, um, but being relational, like being connected, being mm -hmm. present and being persistent made a difference in the situation that you were able to eventually tell her something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like she asked one time and I told her everything. It, she built a relationship with me. She, you know, I continue. She, like I said, she was consistent and she was persistent. And so she kept asking and she kept finessing the question differently. And um, we finally got to, um, to me telling her this. Um, the problem was that, you know, it took months and months. She knew that something was going on. She knew that um, I was not okay, I think, and nothing, you know. And again, I was thankful for that. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this in previous episodes or not, but um, the one thing that I remember about any time I tried to tell somebody, it was always this this terrifying thing of like, I'm telling you this because I really need help, but please don't tell anybody else because I'm also terrified. And so that's essentially what I was doing. It's like I'm begging you for help and begging you to please not tell anyone my secret because it was that. It was just a really huge secret. Um, and we did address that in previous episodes of why it is that someone would feel that way. Yeah. Um, so go back and listen to those. You yeah. need more context. Um, so it had been months, months and months of talking to her at school, of confiding in her, of telling her, you know, different things that were, again, in as many words as I could, did I tell her the other? No, probably not. Like it's, you know. So you didn't talk about trafficking, but did you name a, an I, abuser and said you were being sexually abused? I did. Yeah. Okay. So it was direct enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then, um, something, you know, things were still happening. Obviously I was still in this situation. I was still being abused. Um, people were still coming, paying for it. Um, and you know, the school that I went to every year, they would go on two retreats, um, one in the fall and one in the winter. And, uh, it was the weekend for the winter one was coming up and this teacher was supposed to be on the retreat and then she wasn't, um, for personal reasons. And in the same kind of week, uh, something had happened with, uh, an abuser and I was injured. I was really hurt, like physically hurt. Um, and I had to go on this retreat, this winter retreat, which was like good. Yay. I'm like, you know, out of that world for a minute and into this brighter world, but also like I'm injured, I'm hurt and, um, I'm not doing very well. And now I have to go, um, on a winter retreat with my school friends who I wasn't super close with, uh, with teachers who I wasn't super close with and do things like sledding <laughs> and, um, that didn't go super well. And, um, it, you know, there was a lot of times where I just would refuse to do it. And, 
people saw me as like just difficult for doing that and like you wouldn't go sledding yeah and so it was like just freaking get on a sled like I felt like that was the perception of like just like why are you being difficult like just get on a sled and freaking go down the hill and I just wasn't and it was because I was I was hurt I was really um injured in a physical way from the things that had been happening so um at this retreat, um, another parent, one of my friend's parents was also, she was um, someone who worked at the school as well, but she was on the retreat as like a chaperone and she was the the adult in my cabin. Um, and she kind of noticed that I wasn't doing very well, that I was like not wanting to participate in things and that I was struggling. Um, what she saw specifically, I would love to know actually. Um, cause I always felt like I was doing a great job hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly I was not, but, um, but yeah, so she started to ask questions on this retreat and, you know, I think that high school and middle school retreats like this are just so hard cause they're so charged with emotion and they do that intentionally, I think. And it's, um, whatever, but it was just a very charged kind of situation. I was in pain. I was frustrated. People were like getting on me for not going down the damn sledding hill, you know? And then this woman comes with a caring voice and a caring presence and is like, what's going on? Are you okay? And it was like, I broke. It was like, I just was like, like word vomit because it was all the things, all the culmination of the things. And I told her, you know, I named, and one of the abusers, again, did not talk about trafficking, but I named one of my abusers and told her, you know, that this had been happening and that, um, I was not okay from it and that I was really, yeah, it was bad. And, um, you know, she was there. She talked to me. She kind of really um, went to bat for me with the teachers who were giving me a hard time for not going down the sledding hill. Um, She kind of really stood by me for that weekend and that I really appreciated that. But, um, but so yeah, we got, you know, back home, we went back to school and, um, and nothing happened for a couple days. Um, but this other parent did at some point a few days later, bring it to the attention of both the teacher that I had been confiding in and now also the principal, which again, looks like help. Um, in my world though, in my 12 year old seventh grade world, that looked absolutely positively terrifying. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I'm done. I'm done. I am dead because like, oh my goodness, like I'm dead. So, okay. So tweens and teens will say and think stuff like that, you know, oh my gosh, I failed this test. Oh my gosh, I'm dead. My parents are going to kill me. Okay. But in this situation, there was actual physical concern for Kate from the people who were doing this to her. Yeah. No, I was terrified. I mean, this was, I mean, you know, that feeling when you get pulled over by a cop and your whole body goes numb and you just have, does anybody else feel that way? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Even though, even if I didn't actually do anything really wrong, yeah, it's uh, like this yeah, weird, so like your silly. whole body sensation of uh-huh. going numb and like you lose all color in your face and you can feel it just draining. That's like times a bazillion. Like I just was like, I can't even, I don't know. I, what do I do next? Right. What's the, what do I do next? I have no words. Um, again, 12 years old, crazy awkward. I mean, if you would see pictures from then, holy crap, I was just, <laughs> I was just a disaster. I mean, who isn't a 12? Oh, oh my, my goodness. Oh my goodness. My, my kids, when they look at pictures of me from that age, they're just like, 
mom, what were you doing? Yeah. I mean, who, what was anyone doing though? Right. <laughs> like I got to tell you, I like was wearing glasses at the time, which is maybe a whole other story, but they were like, like the brand of the frames were Fisher Price. They oh, were rainbow. I know. Ouch. I know. I know. <laughs> and thick, right. You have terrible vision. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I can't even, <laughs> if they change the big E to something else, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it is. So, um, yeah, I no. really want a picture. No, 100% no. I have bangs. <laughs> I, we'll post it. I had I bangs that I like curled oh, super perfectly. So yeah, no, it was like so bad. So bad. Um, so yeah, so 12 years old, crazy awkward. And now what? It's like that kind of O-S-H-I-T moment of like. Nobody <laughs> listening to this knows what that word spells. No one. <laughs> in case my kids are in the car <laughs> when I'm listening back to this. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Just kidding. Uh, yeah. Um it's that moment though. And, um, Good so Christian people don't even spell S H I T. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, you know, so I'm in this moment of like, not what, and, um, the principal and the teacher, they decided, um, to, instead of call CPS and go through the correct channels, they were going to launch their own investigation. They decided that they would, you know, be in touch with um, some of the people that were involved in this, that they were going to kind of do their figure own investigation. It out. They were going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, the principal also shared with me at one point that she did not call CPS because God told her not to. Um so that was a that was a fun statement. Um, so of course, in all of this, I again totally terrified. Um, I have no idea what to do next. I have no problem solving skills to be able to figure out what to do next. It's just like complete paralysis. And so as this unfolds, and they do their own investigation, which you know, of course is not done correctly and brings now it to the attention of the people who were abusing you. Exactly. Um, I recoiled and I named, I said, I, that's not who I meant. That's not what I meant. Um, the person who actually was hurting me, it was a long time ago and it was only from this age to this age for a very short time. And PS, that person has already moved away and out of my life. So no worries. Like it's basically like, don't look here. Like, just kidding. Just kidding. Look away. I don't want you to see this because that was such a mistake. Um, because what else was she to do? Right. Exactly. It's kind of like the filing cabinet thing that we talked about, right? Like I took the file, one of the files out. I tried to show it to someone. It exploded in my face. And so it was like, nope, not that one. And so we take another one. The person that I did name and that had actually moved away and out of state was also involved in this. That was not an untrue statement. It just was easier to say to talk about that person let's focus on that person than the original thing that I had said um which I would say for somebody who at 12 you know you didn't have problem solving skills considering the circumstance you were in that was a pretty good solution to I mean, try Laura, to you know with. I've always been amazing you so. are amazing we all know this everybody <laughs> listening understands this. oh my goodness no <laughs> oh man like I said the banks that was a tough life choice okay but. except for the banks <laughs> Amazing, except for the banks. <laughs> Until Carissa came into your life, I don't even Thank know. God How long Carissa. has Carissa been in your life? You know what? Since I was pregnant with Evelyn. Okay. Yeah. All right. I met Carissa because someone had done like a hack job on my hair color. 
And my sister-in-law was like, you got to see Carissa. I'm going to go see Carissa. You got to go see Carissa. I went to see Carissa. Life-changing. Right. Happily ever after, you know? That's all I'm saying. We talk about hair a lot I know. It's important to me. (laughs) Um, Okay. Okay. So, so I, you know, I did, I named this other person who also was involved, also very, very much involved. Um, not an untrue statement, just a little bit of an easier blow. Um, so the people around me, the people in leadership, they then were like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you were sexually abused. You did have these things happen to you, but you know, um, this wasn't completely accurate. Not, it was completely accurate when I said it, but it, again, it's right. the whole recoiling thing. Um, and again, I was minimizing. I mean, if anybody can minimize, it is me. I can minimize okay. all the things. No kidding. Comment. Go ahead. Comment. No. Say what you're going to say. That's not evident to anyone listening to this. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. So the core of it, of all the people involved and the extent to which I was being hurt was still in the dark. It was still very much not known. Um, and then on top of that, hold, please hold, hold your comments. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hold your comments to the end people. Yes. Um, on top of now it's like this minimal piece of what is actually happening. And so therefore safety and rescuing is not really going to happen here. Um, I was also then told that I had lied. I had lied about who it was. I had lied about the allegations. And so I now had to, as a seventh grader, super awkward with bangs, sit in a meeting with all of my teachers and my close friends and tell them that I had lied about this, that I had made a false allegation, even though I didn't. I just, yeah. You're forced into a situation of taking it Are back. Are you throwing up? I'm sorry. I am Are very you, much Is that throw up noises up? I hear? That, that is, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Horrendous. Horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I, oh, by the way, that's only the consequence in the bright world. Yeah. And there are more, right? So, yep. Yep. So, yeah. So then, yeah, that's, I guess, the fallout that we want to talk about is the, you know, I had to apologize to my teachers. I had to apologize to my friends. The fallout in the bright world, I lost good friends. Um, I had a really good friend who wasn't there the day that I apparently was supposed to apologize to my friends. And then she didn't talk to me for like months because she felt as if I didn't apologize directly to her. Um, I wasn't allowed to talk to this teacher anymore, the teacher that I had confided in and that I felt safe with. I wasn't allowed to talk to her anymore. Um, and that teacher also told other people, other adults in my world to be very careful when dealing with me, like handle with care, you know, because not care, but like be careful. I was like an explosive, <laughs> which is crazy because I, I wasn't. But um, I was also mandated to attend biblical counseling. Um, for the thing that they did believe, the minimal story of this that they did believe. Um, and that's a fun story. Oh. I uh, So <laughs> the person who recommended the, um, the place that we were going to go for biblical counseling is um, very closely connected to my abusers and um, recommended a place in Canada. Oh. Because everybody goes to Canada for their the, – they've got the best biblical counseling up there. Because, <laughs> right, you really have to go all the way to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this biblical counselor who was just that, um, not a licensed, trained professional, told me that um, 
she uh, she was also a survivor of sexual abuse, but that she had forgiven her abuser and that forgiveness was really the only way out of this, um, the only way to be better, feel better, do better because, you know, I was a liar at this point um, because of the – Allegedly was exactly. a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way to be better was to forgive, to forgive, forget, move on, brush under the rug. And she shared with me that, you know, she was a survivor herself and that she actually now frequently had dinner with her abuser because of forgiveness. Um, Which I will, I think maybe, well, okay. I will just briefly say forgiveness does not equal restored relationship. Just so we're all clear, we can fully forgive someone and still choose to keep them as far away as humanly possible because they're not safe people. Yes. And by the way, forgiveness, right, is a very complicated thing. Very complicated. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just saying. Thank you for that. Um, so that was – those were the fallouts in the bright world. Okay. That was that was bad enough as it was. Just in the bright world, that's, that's where I was. But then you had the whole dark world thing. So the people that um, were hurting me also knew that I had said these things and that even though, you know, maybe I recoiled the first um, thing that I said that was true – um, I also did point to one of my other abusers, another person super very well much involved in this, um, and said that that's what had happened. And so that, oh my goodness, the, the, the fallout from that was, um, oh, I don't have words, <laughs> uh, so many consequences, so many things. Um, yeah, I don't have great words, just really, really dark really painful. Um, I don't have words. (laughs) So I will try to just add that Kate's not just talking about emotional pain. She's talking about physical pain. That was the result of this. Um, And it went on and on and on and on. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, this one time there's going to be a consequence for you telling. It went on for months and months and months. Yeah. Yeah. Each time someone uh, came to um, pay for that, the people who were in charge of that then also hurt me themselves because I told. Um, So just really, I mean, I thought I wanted to die before all this happened. (laughs) Imagine how I felt after. So So that is escape attempt number one. (laughs) Okay. We're all just going to say, we're really glad you're still here. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So polite. I know. Right? Okay. So polite. So I'm going to give Kate a minute to uh, breathe. And I'm going to just share that actually after, as we were unpacking the boxes and came across the puzzle pieces and we're really processing through all of the stuff, what Kate just shared about talking to the teacher and the principal and all of that, um, with Kate's permission, I actually reached out to the teacher and the principal and they were gracious enough to, um, be willing to have a phone call with me, um, to just try to help lend some context to what Kate remembered. Um, and so Kate, I think you've told me that you really always believed that they just didn't believe you. Yeah. Um, And so that's how she had described it to me. So I was very surprised, honestly, when both the teacher and the principal separately, they were not together in the phone call um, and the calls were within moments of each other. So they didn't sort of share their story with each other. Um, Both of them said that they 
believed Kate's original disclosure. Um, and that they just felt stuck when they were in the course of their investigation. Kate now recanted her original report. They felt very stuck as to how to help her. Um, honestly, at the time, I chose not to highlight to them the fact that their investigation meant that Kate was now horrendously hurt and stuck longer because they're no longer in a position where they have an influence over making, helping someone get free. They're retired. Um, so I didn't feel the need to kind of heap guilt on top of that, but, um, they did in fact confirm that they did believe the original disclosure, which, um, is, which feels a lot of things, right? Oh, like, how is that supposed to feel? Right? Oh man. How is that supposed to feel like relief in that? Like, I guess they didn't think I was a liar. And also anger because, holy crap, if you would have just pushed a little harder and maybe done a better job, like years and years and years, decades of – decades? I don't know. Yeah, decades. Um, of pain could have been avoided. Um, and also just like disbelief, I guess, that that is how it was, that they did – I don't know, just all the things, all the feels. <laughs> For that one, because it, it was like it was supposed to make me feel better, and it did on some level, and it made me feel also worse because, like, I just – I don't know. How, what are you supposed to do with such an epic fail, you know? Right. I mean, if you believe – if you don't believe, e frankly, either way, follow the protocols that are in place. They're in place for a reason. Right. They should have called Child Protective Services and let the proper authorities figure it out. Right. Instead of trying to do their own investigation. Right. Right. But they didn't. And we will be talking about more about people doing their own investigation um, in the next episode um, or a episode in the future. Uh, and just how people really love to do that. They just really love to launch their own investigations, which is baffling to me. It is baffling. I just can't right. imagine myself doing that, but right. I don't well, know. I think it's both okay in the church. Okay, okay. Just Kate is noticing that the thing she's fidgeting with is metal, and it's leaving like it's like dirty. No, it's just metal. Oh. You're getting metal on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than her peeling her sparkly nail polish oh, and leaving okay. it all over my floor. Settle down over there. <laughs> You said you had the vacuum anyway. I do. There's <laughs> dog hair, actually. Silas loses hair everywhere. We got to post a picture of Silas. We do have to do that. He is the yeah, cutest ever. Is the cutest. So, yes. Okay. We will. <coughs> okay. So that seems like a little slightly brighter place yeah. to So that's land. where we're going to land today. Oh. If you or someone you know is stuck in a trafficking situation and needs help, please reach out to the National Human Trafficking Hotline by calling one 888 3737888 or text help H E L P to 233733